Hello and welcome, everyone, to Horror Cafe, Episode 6. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. So what's our theme this month, Mom? This month, we are doing April's Fool, Scream, and Run. Ooh, slasher movie month. Slasher movie month. And we're talking about horror icon Wes Craven's 1996 cult classic, Scream. All right, so I have a shocker for you today. Gasp. (laughs) So I changed up my coffee today. Finally. Exactly. I knew you'd be happy about this. So I am having a cortadito, which is a Cuban classic. It is half milk, half Cuban coffee, and oh my God, it's so yummy. It's been so long since I've had one. It is yummy. I am having an Irish cream cold brew. Hmm. I I think I would go for that. Want to try it? Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's not bad. See? You got to expand all outside right, your all dark right, roast. All right, all right, Next time, get me one. Will do. All right. <laughs> Here we go. What is Scream about? Before I even start, I need to let the audience know that they might hear some far off noises. And today, I think every neighbor in our neighborhood has decided to, to mow their lawn. To cut the grass. Right. Today. Everybody. Everyone. Everybody is Literally mowing Literally next door. I think down the block. Across the street. Behind us. It's just insane. Let's discuss the story plot briefly. A year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a killer who is now targeting the girl and her friends and is using horror films as part of this devilishly deadly game. We have now moved (laughs) into a closet to record because the whole neighborhood is having a party, having a lawnmower party. (laughs) And then our other neighbor decided to start his car and idle it. Yes, and he's got a muscle car. So it's been a challenge today, but we will not be stopped. Intervention. Exactly. We are committed. Ingenuity. We have now set up an ironing board in my closet (laughs) and two Two chairs, chairs. two folding chairs to be able to record this episode for you, our listeners. Hope you enjoy. All right. Onward we go. This was a big deal. This horror movie was a big deal. It felt like a re-energizing reinvention, reinvention of the slasher movie. Fresh take. The killers were disturbing. So notice the use of the word killers. That is what made this slasher movie different and fresh and new when it came out. It was a good twist. It was a good twist. To find out that there were two killers. It was very popular when it came out. It was all the, did you see Scream? Did you see Scream? I was a kid. Probably shouldn't have watched this movie. But we did. I really enjoyed this movie even back then, which was odd. It was still fun to watch this time around. It was. We'll get to it. Two Halloweens ago, I give out candy every every Halloween. This kid knocked on the door for his trick-or-treat, and he was dressed in the ghost face costume. So it's still popular. It's still a popular costume, and I remember it being popular back then, too. Every Halloween store. Ghost face, ghost face, ghost face. But, but let's talk about that costume a little bit before we even start talking about the movie. We notice that it's glittery, that it shimmers. It. I blame that HD TV now because 
You can see yeah, everything. Yeah, you can see the material is cheap, I think. <laughs> I still think that's part of it. It's supposed to be a little cheesy. A little campy. That's the point. Yeah. And if it wasn't, well, it looks shiny now in 2021. <laughs> I don't remember even noticing that no, back in the all. day. But now, it, I just kept seeing it. And it, it, it actually reminded me of that movie... Um, with the vampires, whatever it was, oh, as a Twilight. kid, when that guy is like he's sparkling, Twilight <laughs> it reminded me of that scene yeah, when I noticed so it. It so. took a little bit of the intimidation away from him when we noticed the the shimmery material. Yeah, it kind of made the slasher not so scary until, of course, he brought out the knife, and then you know, then he was pretty scary. Then he was pretty scary, regardless of the glitter. Rotten Tomatoes. The Here critics gave it seventy nine, and get this. Audience finally gave it a 79 also. You know what? I'm not surprised about that one. It is a good movie. I, I've been thinking a lot about it since we watched it on Tuesday. Initially, I was kind of let down. You know what? I, I was too. And as I thought about it, the same as you, I started thinking about it when it came out. Yeah, not so bad anymore. At, on Tuesday, I didn't really have a good taste after we watched it. But I think it's on purpose. It's meant to be cheesy because it is making fun of horror movies. Right. I can see the 79. It was originally supposed to be called Scary Movie. Which, if we noticed in the movie, they kept mentioning Scary Movie over and over. Um, maybe even during filming, it was still going to be called Scary Movie. Maybe I they changed it way later after mm -hmm. filming. Yeah, maybe. Could be. To keep Drew Barrymore crying and looking scared... Wes Craven kept telling her real-life stories about animal cruelty because she is Ouch. a keen animal lover in real life, which I can relate. You can relate. Definitely. We love animals. Yeah. I would probably be reacting the same because I can't hear about animal cruelty. So that's kind of cruel. But I get it. I do, too. Ugh. I just I don't know how she was able to deal with that. Me but either. Whatever his tactics were, he did a good job because she... Did a good job. She did a great job. Yeah, she did. In the beginning of Scream, when Casey's parents are coming home and they hear her choking on the phone once they pick mm -hmm. up the phone to call the police, her dad says, listen, I want you to drive to the Mackenzie's house and call the police. Fun fact, at the end of Halloween, Laurie Strode, which is the character Jamie Lee Curtis plays, tells the two little kids that she's babysitting to walk over to the Mackenzie's house to call the police. Are you kidding me? Nice nod. Okay, that just gave me a bit of a, like a chill, a little bit of goosebumps. I thought that was that, neat. That is cool. That was I like cool. that. It's so a when nice we watch, nod. When we watch Halloween, we gotta we will. Which we will. We gotta catch it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That That is cool. You surprised me with that one. You mm -hmm. didn't tell me about that one ahead of time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the other thing that was interesting, at least it was to me when, when, when I looked at you like, what? It was um, when Sydney's going into the school and there's a bunch of TV reporters are chasing her. Poor you, girl, by the way. I know, right? If you if you look closely, there's an auburn-haired um, reporter and she says, people want to know. They have a right to know. Well, that woman is none other than Linda Blair, who played Reagan in The Exorcist. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Because so I looked at you and was like, and catch what? It. Is that her? Yep. I wasn't sure, but it was pretty, it was neat. That is pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot of neat little nods here and there in the movie and, and little foretelling or foreshadowing of what's coming. They give you little hints through the movie about things. You did mention that, that there are a lot of clues and hints that Billy and Stu are the... Are the killers. The killers. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Let's get down to it. Movie observations. Yeah. So it starts off with Drew Barrymore, teenager. Nice house, by the way. Very nice house. Too many windows. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. We're getting there. She's getting some popcorn ready to do movie night, and she gets the call. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we hear the ghost face scream dude, whatever you want to call <laughs> scream him. Dude. Scream dude. I called him dude. that dude for a long scream time. Dude. Scream dude. Calls her and he starts asking her questions and then she hangs up and then he calls back and they're in this little banter back and forth. Then it gets kind of twisted. Well, he threatens her, hey, if you hang up, you know. Yeah. And there's a line that he says that to me just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. And he says to her, I want to see what your insides look like. What kind of twisted, fucked up fuck says that? Well, that's why I said at the beginning, the killers are disturbed. (laughs) They are disturbed and disturbing. Yes. Because they're not just like any other slasher movie. "Ah, We'll kill you. It's done. It's over. They are ripping out guts. I mean, that's taking time. It's taking time and it's just... It's gross and it's disturbing. it's, It's twisted as hell. So... You're trying to do... They're trying to shock Mm-hmm. And not they're just doing kill, it. they're trying to shock. Mm-hmm. And it's very successful, not just to the characters, but to us, the to audience. Us watching. Because when we first watched this movie and you see her, Casey or Drew Barrymore's character, look at her dead boyfriend and all his insides are out. And then how they kill her, mm-hmm. same thing. And, and she's hanging from a tree. Yeah. That's, that's why it was very popular. It's very groundbreaking. It was disturbing to see that it definitely was and of course we get to the whole there's a lot of windows and doors (laughs) that are you know like french doors all over the house and you made an observation while we were watching this movie you want to share i have this paranoia (laughs) i don't i like natural light in a house but i have this paranoia of i don't want people looking into my house i need curtains blinds Everything so I can control what is seen. And there are too many windows. I actually do think this is the movie that made me paranoid or feel... Vulnerable? Vulnerable. That's a great... That's exactly what it feels like. And when we go walking in the neighborhood for our daily exercise and people just have their windows open. I know. You are definitely... Like, why do they have their windows open? I can can see see right in. I don't like the idea of somebody being able to look into my house and see my kitchen and see things that I own and just see me. It's my private time. You don't like the idea of someone watching you. Yeah. And that's exactly what Ghostface was doing. Well, and there were two of them on top of everything. Right. Watching you. And Mm -hmm. you couldn't see where they were. And that's what's disturbing. So at any point in time, somebody can be watching you. Well. No, I don't like it. So (laughs) no windows. Less windows. So we had an aha moment for you. I think so. As to where this thing with you and windows came from. I think it's from this. I really do think it's from this. I have to agree because I remember you watching this movie a a bit back in the day when it came out. You with your friends and, you know, the whole nine yards. You Mm -hmm. were all teenagers, so having fun with it. But Mm -hmm. maybe, yeah, this plays into that. In its own subconscious way, I think this is what led me to that. I'll, I'll... Yeah, I think so. You'll vouch for that, right? I will vouch for your that you think craziness. Yes, yes. No, it's a valid point. Don't look through my windows. That's why I have <laughs> blinds and curtains. 
All over every the house, window. Everywhere. Yep. That's true. Or frosted glass. You are not looking in. <laughs> All right. Now that you got that out of your system, <laughs> I have to say that this Drew Barrymore did a great job here. She did. Well, I we both like Drew. Mm-hmm. It was also shocking because she's on the cover. Right. Of the poster back then and the movie cover VHS, all that stuff. <laughs> it was very shocking that she dies. And you think right. she's a main character when this movie came out. Well, but, you know, I did read and this is something I had forgotten to tell you. Um, I did read somewhere um, that she was offered the role of Sydney, the main character in Scream. Oh, but she had something else going on mm, okay, and couldn't take on the full role of that character. And Wes Craven gave her these five minutes for her. And I think it was smart because she was starting to get super popular. I mean, she already was, but right. this was like catapulting yeah, her. Yeah. And it was smart to put her in, in that those first, what, 10, 15 minutes of the mm-hmm. opening of the movie. It's a and- big opening scene. It's a dramatic opening scene it is it is it's it's one hell of a way to start a movie because it does the first time around you're like what the hell yeah (laughs) absolutely and this killer killers use horror movies you want to play a little game was so popular the whole do you watch scary movies do you like scary movies yes we do by the way we do but we don't want to play games (laughs) with anybody not if i'm gonna lose in it no yeah (laughs) something i noticed right off the bat Mm-hmm. With the opening scene and then throughout the rest of the movie is how 90s this movie is. It's not a bad thing, but you can tell her makeup, uh, oh, yeah. Drew Barrymore's makeup is very 90s. Her outfit, I actually, I would totally wear that now because it's, it's coming that. back. It's at fine. Some, but when you watch the rest of the movie... Um, Courtney like when Cox. They, when they oh first God. introduced Courtney Cox in that lime yellow green suit and With her, that her super hair, everything. Short and her hair is all frosted. And all the kids in the high school, they had like the clueless look, the plaid, mm-hmm. you know, skirts. The, the fashion was very 90s. The acting and just the, the overall tone was so 90s. It so was. if you want a 90s nostalgia, this, this movie it. will definitely give it to you. This definitely will. So after the very, very disturbing scene of, of Casey, who is Drew Barrymore, um, where she's she's killed and all that. It, she it, could have survived, by the way. She you, hesitated. She did. Oh, my door. God. That's right. Just She just stood there for a moment. There. It was one second too long. Yeah. That could have made a difference. It could have. Because she, I even, don't you remember me yes. saying it? She could have survived. Oh, yeah. I even have it here on my notes. That's me too. right. Yes, yes, yes. She could have survived. But yeah. They all do that. They hesitate. They just do it. Just run. run, man. Run like the wind. Literally run for your life. Yes. All right. Anyway, I digress. Go on, Mom. Next scene, we cut to Sydney. Cut. No pun intended. Cut. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to do cheesy jokes today. I love it. It's no, a cheesy no, it's movie. Okay. It's it is. It's a cheesy it is. movie. So we, we cut to Sydney and she's in there, in there, and and this is played by Nev Campbell, who has kind of disappeared. Yeah, she had her moment there, and and then she just kind of disappeared after that, like most of the '90s people. Yeah, she's in there in her room, and all of a sudden she hears some noise, and she screams, and it's her boyfriend Billy. Okay, that alone should be a clue. Yes, scream, screamed at him. Okay, yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And here we've got this sleazy Johnny Depp 
type wannabe. I'm going to take this from my husband who says he is the poor man's Johnny Depp. <laughs> Does he really say that? And he is very right. He's right. And I'm watching Riverdale and he's on the show. I mean, I haven't been watching this season, so I can't say anything. But he's one of the semi-main characters on that show. So it was hard to watch him in this because I'm used to seeing him on Riverdale. Right. I'm just like. Oh, it's you from Riverdale. <laughs> you can't even take it seriously at this point. I can't take it seriously, so it was kind of hard. That's my own, I guess, issue of this, is that I couldn't separate the two. But And it's funny because when I started Riverdale, I thought of him as the scream guy. Right. And now it's the opposite. And now it's the other way around. Digress wow. again. That's really weird. Continue. So he sneaks into her room and, you know, they start fooling around. And all right. of a sudden, what did I tell you? That they're playing... Don't fear the reaper. Right. Hmm. Yeah, Another they had clue. a like a lounge version of it. I didn't even notice it. You're the one that noticed it yeah. right away, like you said. It's like, wait, is that Don't Fear the Reaper? Because it was very slow and very you don't notice it. Right. It's very subtle. I would have never noticed. I blocked the music out completely or the song in that scene. So good catch. Yeah. That was interesting. And you looked it up right away. It's like, wait, let's look up the lyrics really quick. And you you caught it. Yep. He, she should fear the Reaper. It's the next day. Kids are all at school, but now everybody's finding out about Casey's death. And the next thing you see is Sydney is in the principal's office, who is played by none other than Henry Winkler, which is the Fonz. The Fonz. It's kind of weird. When I see him pop up in movies, I cannot help but think about that. Now, I think most people do. He, now, he was questioning her because, you know, a year before her mother had been raped and killed. So he's touching base with her and the cops are in, 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 in his office. And he did something that I felt was kind of weird. You did say that it, it was weird. It, it made me uncomfortable. And I don't know if it's because it's the, it's the 2000s or whatever we're at now. But he kind of caressed her face in a... I felt was inappropriate. And the cops that were in there kind of looked at him like, what? Yeah, you did catch that. I I don't know. It I could mean, be hypersensitivity to nowadays. Right. I think he could have been doing it because of her history. And sympathy. And it seems yeah. like everybody knows everyone in that small town well, in Everybody California. knows everybody's business, yeah. So, yeah. But the only thing that was misleading was how the cop did react like, why are you touching her like that? That's weird. That was what... So that's I, what kind of set it off. That's what set me off, too, is because I saw it, and it kind of hit me, but then I saw the way the cop reacted to it, so it was like, okay, so it's not just me. It's not right. just me reacting to the day. Right. Then we see the 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 group of friends, which is um, Sydney, Billy, Stu, and... Tatum. Stu, what's her name? Tatum. 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 Which... I'm sorry. They all look way too old to be in high school. You you did mention that. They don't look like high schoolers. They they rarely do, but the, no. this group didn't. They really they look like they were in college. Yeah. Well, Stu to me looked like he was way older than all it's, of but them. But so did Billy. Yeah. The two boys, the girls, they could somewhat pass for it, but definitely the boys were All right, you guys are not in high school anymore. <laughs> but so they're, all right. they're talking about the murder and yeah. what happened and all this stuff. And here's another clue. Stu goes and he says, well, they're just bantering. He goes, well, you know, I didn't kill her, meaning um, Casey. Mm -hmm. And then Billy gives him this look. Which you also caught. Yep. 
And again, the clues are all there. They really are. We rewound because yeah, I didn't catch it. Because you didn't catch it. And I'm like, did you see that? Because I was too entertained by all the other cosmetic factors. The 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 whole 90s, 90s thing was driving whole, you nuts. Yeah. You know, that they're too old to be in high school. But, yep, he did make a face like, shut up, asshole. <laughs> That's what I took it as. Like, shut up. You're going to blow our cover. It's later in the day after school. Right. Sydney goes home. Tatum's going to come over after, I don't know, practice. She gets a phone call. Another 90s thing. House phone versus cell phone. That's true. Yeah. It's a house phone. Yeah. Cordless phones. You know, nowadays it would be a cell phone. Of course it would. And it wouldn't be a call. It would be a text. It would be a text. Anyway, it's the killer calling her now. I don't remember this happening so fast. Mm -hmm. I thought... An extra day went by, but it's quick. It and is. And he attacks her that same, you know, a few moments later. He's in the house. We did comment about that. I, I thought that that was much later into the movie, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, so me your too. perception is always off, but it was sooner than I thought it was than it was. Me originally. too. And it, it had a good tension building. Um, there was a scene where she goes towards a closet or some door and the, the music. Mm hmm. And the, the way the shot is set up, it makes you think that he's going to be right there. And yeah. then he's not. But then he does show up at another point. And, of course, she goes upstairs. Of course. Like, and it's funny because he calls her and says, do you like scary movies? And she says no because they're all stupid and they're all bimbos that end up going, you upstairs know, upstairs. instead or, of running out the front door. And, and guess what does what she, she do? do? She goes upstairs. Eat, Eat your, own, your words. own words, girlfriend. <laughs> he chases her. She ends up in the bedroom. He eventually disappears. Right. And Billy miraculously shows up. Another clue. Another clue. And a cell phone falls out of his pocket. Let's point out that the cell phone is very old looking, too. Very you old You know it would be an iPhone. Nowadays, for sure. For sure, a smartphone and probably most likely an iPhone. <laughs> right. She obviously automatically assumes it's him. Yeah. So does the audience because... She was just talking to somebody on the phone, and he gets arrested. They go to the police station, and I love how they're like, we're looking up phone records. It's going to take a couple days. Nowadays, that would be that instant. Would be, yes. Nowadays, that would be instantaneous. Something else that's aged. It's That's what, that's what makes this movie kind of cool, too, how times have changed from 1996 to 2021. It does. It really does show the and history. And it's really and not that long ago. It isn't that long ago. It is, but it isn't. It, right. Because it feels like it was yesterday, but it wasn't. Crazy. And when you look at the evolution of how technology has progressed, as opposed to like it, hardly anyone would have a cell phone back then. Right. They even showed kind of a brick phone at one point in yeah, some scene with um, the reporter Gail. Yep. yep. Um, and I'm like, look at that brick phone. And, and he actually had a smaller one. Yes, he had a a smaller one it's just it's so funny because you have that and then now everybody has one some type of cell phone right. and you can look up information on a cell phone bill and the cell the numbers like immediately In, i'm right. sure the cops would have instant you know uh access to that kind of information not have to wait days for something to show yeah, up Yeah, when he said we have to wait days i'm like ah, we both started laughing not like now. not today <laughs> they find out that it wasn't him conveniently and he gets you know he's free it's the next day at school and she bums into him right later mm -hmm. at the school 
And this is where I think Billy is 100% Jerkville. I'm Mm -hmm. calling him Jerkville. (laughs) Or sleaze, all of it. Because he tells her, basically, your mom's been dead a year. You need to get over it. Fuck you, asshole. You got so mad. You you paused the movie at that point and you had a major rant when he said that. Because how could you expect anyone, especially young, to get over their their parent dying and not just dying, getting raped and murdered? Right. What the hell is wrong with you? That should have been a huge red flag. She should have just been like, you know what? Screw you, Billy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> See you never. All right? Like, that was a big red flag in general. Like, who would say that? No. Big red flag. She was an idiot there. What I discovered while watching this movie is how many issues that you have now actually stem from this movie. Because the scene that comes next is Sydney in the girls' bathroom at the high school. And you don't like public bathrooms like that, that type of scenario. Obviously, I will use a public restroom, but I'm always paranoid that there's somebody in the stall hiding. And it's because of this movie, too. Okay. Because he was hiding in the stall, and so well he was standing on top of the the toilet seat. Of course. So you couldn't see the feet. It scared me. (laughs) I'm much better about this now. But when I was a teenager, younger adult, it did play in the the back of my head. The window thing is still a thing. This one is less. But you don't think it's creepy to walk into a... If there's people in there, I'm fine. Right. But it's when you go to the movie theater. Mm -hmm. Let's say you go to a 10 p.m. movie. Right. And then, you know, let's go to the bathroom before you hit the road. Right. There's nobody in there. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing you're going to think? Is there somebody in here? I'm going to give you credit on this one because I do, if I go into a bathroom, a public bathroom that's empty like that, and specifically at movie theaters, because most of the time we're at a movie theater watching, or back in the day before COVID, we're at the movie theater watching a scary movie. Right. No pun intended. And I kind of do tend to like look to see if there's anybody or if I see a shadow on the floor to know if somebody else is in there with me. So you see, it's not just me. But- it's not, but you 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 put it on another level. Let's let's be frank about it. But I'm this. a chicken shit. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> a chicken shit who watches scary movies. Anyway, during before before she sees, you know, scream dude, whatever, in the bathroom, you see these two chicks are talking. Um, your typical mean girls from high school. Yep. And they're talking about Sydney, about you know, like mo- like mother, daughter, like mother, whatever, because her mother had been fooling around and people found out about it. And this guy called Cotton um, got accused of murdering Sydney's mom. She identified him as being the murderer. The rapist murderer. So you had a bit of that whole high school thing going on there, too, that kind of reminiscing as well. They mentioned Ricky Lake, something else from the 90s. <laughs> I'm telling you. This is full of 90s. It is. It is. Sydney gets attacked in the bathroom. Police come. School's out. School's out. Yes. And, and a again, curfew. Nine o'clock curfew. And and we'll get to that we'll after get to this that. part that I need to say. They are misdirecting the audience 
into who the killer is. Yeah. Because at this point, you see the principal, Fonzie. I know that's not his name, but that's what I'm calling him. Right. Playing around with the screen mask and imitating and have a knife or whatever that, it was. Those in his big ha- scissors or, or something. Or a big pair of scissors or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And he's pretending and all this stuff. And I just, it was funny how they directed you to make you believe, could it be him? Maybe it's him. And maybe that, I just had an aha moment. Maybe that's why that scene where he touches her face mm. was put in there. Maybe. You you are first led to believe it is Billy. Right. Then you are misdirected because it's not him. It was the just fo- a coincidence The phone with record the phone. came back clean. That's right. Then it misdirects that it's the principal. Right. But then the principal gets killed. Exactly. So another misdirection. So the movie is misdirecting you the whole time. It's pointing the finger and not pointing it. Oh, well, at one point it did, but then it takes it away. And you're just like, that's not him. Right. Because of the phone records. Because then, at some point, they mislead you to think it's her father. Because he is nowhere to be found. They can't find him anywhere. They can't find him. When she went to the police station the night before, they couldn't get a hold of him. He wasn't at the hotel he was supposed to be at. At the Hilton. Right. Which he should have been by now. Mm -hmm. So where is this guy? Right. They also mislead you with him. That's true. There was a really cool cameo appearance in the movie that you didn't even realize. And it's that Fonzie goes out of his office into the hallway at the school and they show the janitor. I love how you call him Fonzie. I know. Like if it's happy days. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) So he's out there and he sees the janitor. And who's the janitor? It's Wes Craven. But on top of that, he is dressed as Freddy Krueger. Well, that's what I noticed. You noticed it was him. And I noticed, oh, Freddy Krueger. And it's Wes Craven, so it makes sense. Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street. That was cool. That was cool. That was a good cameo. And then, unfortunately, the Fonz gets gutted yeah. right after that. Yeah. Something that we really haven't talked about much, mostly, I think, because we feel like it's not even, eh, it's not. Courtney Cox is a reporter, this ambitious re- reporter, take everyone down to be the Pulitzer Prize winner, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got her... And David Arquette, who is Dewey, and the deputy, who's a dope in the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's, I I think they threw them in for some comedic relief. But honestly, eh. It's important to note that Gail wrote a book about Sidney's mother's death. Right. And made it seem like they caught the wrong guy, which is an issue. It is an issue. So the whole town has this, if it's true, then the real killer is out there still. In the wild, in the community, in the little town. So school is postponed, called off, and they have a townwide 9 p.m. curfew. And what do they all do? Plan all a party. Ki- they decide to have a party. And and the cop goes. And Dewey, the deputy, <laughs> right. goes. And, of course, the reporter, of course, is following everything. Mm-hmm. Because she's annoying. She is annoying. Anyway. So they're in the video store before they go to the party, all the, the group of kids. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of get introduced. We had already seen him before. But now the other uh, cast member, Randy, appears. Mm-hmm. And Randy's talking all about horror movies. He should be our BFF. He should definitely. We should hook up with this guy and talk horror, horror movies with him. <laughs> yeah. So he's talking about the horror movies. They're in the video store. They're going to buy it. You're, they're going to rent it was, oh my God, renting videos. And here we go, another one. Here we go. You can tell 
I mean, it isn't, but you can tell it's like a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so cool to see the scene with the people pushing the carts of the movies, and yeah. you had the movie cover and the rental behind it. Yep. And remember, if if they didn't have enough, you couldn't rent the movie. If they were out, that was that it. That was it. Because streaming was not a thing yet. I know. Oh, that was so much fun, though. <laughs> Even when you couldn't get the movie, it was like, damn it. Now it, now it made you want to go back the next day. Right. See if somebody returned it. Please be kind and rewind. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Randy's going off on his rant about horror movies. Right. He talks about horror movie formulas. And then later, he mentions his own rules, which we'll get to. I thought that was... We were cracking we up. We were laughing when he said, there are some rules that people need to learn we how to survive a horror movie. We started cracking up because it's like, oh shit, we forgot about this. Completely forgot about he it. He has really good rules too. Yeah, but you know what? They pertain to me. They pertain more to the slasher type movie. Yeah, they, they do. And I think he is talking more about slasher movies because let's mention that he is obsessed with jamie lee curtis yeah he in is. halloween yeah he is which is a great classic we go to the next scene which is the sheriff is talking to dewey and here's another scene where there's more misdirection in the movie and he's talking to dewey about the fact that the phone number um history comes back and that it comes from sid's father's sydney's father's phone how did they do that back then i I don't know. Can you imagine that they can do that now? Well, now it's like, like, like instantaneous. Instant. But then they focus on the, the camera. It, yeah, it looks down at the at the at the sheriff's shoes, which are very similar to the ones in the bathroom scene. More misdirection. More misdirection, but two for one in this part. Now it's the dad or the sheriff, right? Telling well, you, yeah, they're setting everybody up, <laughs> and they really. Gave way to it with Billy, but they completely misdirected you once he got let go because his cell phone came clean. Exactly. Bullshit. Now I'm going on to my next rant, <laughs> which is about this 9 p.m. Curf curfew. And these teenagers are all having a big-ass party. Dewey, the deputy whatever he is, cop thing, is there. And they're all underaged and they're all drinking. There's always somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody with these teenage parties. I know, but it's just, it's insane. And in the meantime, we've got Gail, the reporter chick. That bitch uh, parked, outside, parked with his, outside with her camera dude. And the poor camera guy is there. She treats him so horribly. Yeah, she does. She's such a bitch to him. She's a bitch to everybody. She is. And um, they're out there and, and she tries to get in. She sneaks into the party with a camera. And plants it by the VCR, so right. it records the living room. And she gets in there by flirting with Dewey, the, the mind-blowing <laughs> cop. <laughs> and he doesn't even notice. No, because he's too into just staring at her and like, oh my god, I'm being flirted with. Yeah. But anyway, so she plants that camera so that they can watch what's going on. It's important to know that there is a, I believe it's a three-second delay of course, nowadays it would be instant. Yeah. But there is a delay between the camera and the little TVs in the van. In the van, yeah. It's important for, for later. a little bit later. Mm -hmm. The party gets going and Tatum goes to the garage to get extra beers. And of course, Ghostface shows up 
and attacks her, she puts up a damn good fight. She did, and you said it, too. You're like, wow, she's really putting up a good fight here. Which is unfortunate that she did die because she did put up such a good fight. And I still think she could have fit through that door. Of course, they just had to make it dramatic that she couldn't get out. But I think she could have fit through there. Well, here's an interesting thing that I read. What's up? This girl was so tiny that she kept slipping through the the cat door, doggy door, whatever, mm-hmm. that they actually had to tape her to the door. Oh, okay. <laughs> because she kept falling right through it. I think that's hilarious that you said that, and I had just read it, that. And then technically she does fit through it. So right. she did fit. It's just... For the movie, she did not. Damn. Oh, well, I really liked her, so... That was a pretty gruesome death. Though. Yeah, that was... Ugh. I used to think that scene was pretty gruesome. It still is. This movie is still gruesome. Yeah. The deaths are, are pretty gruesome. Yeah. Then we go back to the party, and Randy discusses the horror movie rules, which is when we were both like, oh my god, he has rules. What are they? <laughs> I agree that the rules are more towards a slasher movie because mm-hmm. the rules were um don't have sex right he's right because they almost lead to death. almost always lead to some kind of death mm-hmm. um don't have alcohol or drugs he's right too there's a lot of alcohol there <laughs> in most slasher movies there's something there's always a party a of substance some sort. this one i completely agree with he said don't ever say i'll be right back that is so classically true. And he's true. so right. He's right. Especially in slasher movies. They all seem to just disappear. They all break this separation rule in, in slasher movies. Mm-hmm. And there they go. Yeah. But I still like our rules better. Me too. But <laughs> maybe subconsciously, this stayed in our mind and we built our own rules. Maybe it did. So thank you, Wes Craven and Scream. And Scream. And Randy. And Randy. Because he was very passionate, just he like us. He was very passionant about horror movies. He and really how was. Set up. I'm he telling was you, we need to find a Randy. <laughs> he could have been like the extra host. He could have been, because you know? he understands the rules. And <laughs> I think most horror horror fans agree that people act stupid in horror movies. Right. Then we wouldn't have a horror movie. So, wait. There was another part right after this mm-hmm. where... Billy comes in to the house where the party is going on and... And he wasn't invited. Right. And Stu is standing at the door and he's with, um, what's her name? With Sydney. Sydney. Mm-hmm. And he gives, Billy gives Stu a look like... Yes, you did point this out. It's done. For Tatum. For Tatum. Yes. So so we can assume it was Billy who was doing... That part of it. Of that course, part of Because it. Stu was inside, but he was out there... And he's the one who killed her. Next scene, Randy's rule is broken. One of them. The don't have sex. Well, yeah. And now Billy and Sydney get it on upstairs while the party is raging. With alcohol. With alcohol. <laughs> so there you go. Two broken rules. <laughs> Two broken rules. And Stu does say, I'll be right back. And he's the killer. Mm-hmm. So that's ironic. Dewey and Gail decide to go on a romantic stroll uh, because they saw an abandoned car, so they walked down to it. Why is she walking in heels is beyond me. (laughs) Well, she had that little suit on, too, or whatever she was wearing. It was bizarre. Anyway, they find the car, and it ends up being Sydney's dad's abandoned car. So more mystery. Mm -hmm. Misdirection as to maybe it is him or what happened to him. 
because he's been MIA this whole time if he was not the killer. He hasn't been present or answering phone calls. And at this point, given everything that's happening, I had to put myself in the first time I was watching it where Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, at this point, I'm thinking that it's not the dad now because why would he, if he did, why would he leave his car there so close to the house? And it looked like, it looked like the car had run off the road or something like that. Yeah. Right. So that was suspicious. Very. Then we go on to... After Sid and Billy get it on, Mm -hmm. and they're all like, la, la, la. And she's still suspicious of him because she mentions it, and in comes Ghostface. Right. And kills Billy. I remember being really shocked, like, oh, shit, maybe it really... Because I I stayed suspicious the first time I watched it, Mm -hmm. that it was him the whole time. You kept thinking it was him? Because it, he's just odd. He's shady. (laughs) Yeah, he is shady. But when that happens, like, oh wow, okay. So it wasn't I didn't. Him. I really didn't think they would kill him. I thought him and Sydney would survive. So that was a good twist. Mm-hmm. And so he dies. Of course, she flips out and runs out of the house to Kenny's van, aka the cameraman. Right. She gets in the van. They're looking at the footage from inside the house, mm-hmm. and they see Ghostface. About to kill Randy, which we were like, oh no. Yeah, we didn't want him to we die. Didn't want him to we needed die. another co- another host. How did he not know somebody was standing behind him? Don't you have situational awareness? But he was engrossed in the movie. And drunk. Uh, well, that too. All right, fine. They see Ghostface is distracted by Sydney screaming. Because remember, mm-hmm. there is a delay. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. There's like about a three second delay, you said. So Kenny says he's going to get help. He comes out of the van. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Ghostface is there and he slits his throat. And there goes Kenny. He turns around and says something about a door mm-hmm. so that Sydney can escape. So she goes through like another little, funny enough, it looks like a little dog door within the van. Right. Um, so that she can escape. escape. And guess where she goes? Back in the house. Oh my God. Like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> Go down the street. Exactly. Run screaming at the top of your lungs. Some neighbor out there is going to hear you. Exactly. We hope. Now, here's something funny. Every time they show the Kenny character in, in the movie, he's always eating some kind of food. And it's mostly Cheetos. Excellent choice. Those are my favorite chips. <laughs> I know they are. That's why I wanted to mention it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Kenny. So Eat Cheetos. Poor Poor Kenny. Poor Ghostface Kenny. just slaps his corpse on top of the van. And um, later on, when Gail comes back and she's in the van, she actually crashes the van. And Kenny's corpse falls off and crashes into a fence. Poor Kenny. I know. Poor guy. He put up with a lot of bullshit from her. And then to just die like that. Yeah. And I don't believe that she felt any remorse. I don't feel. She- I feel like she doesn't feel any remorse, period. For anything. So Sydney runs back into the house. Big mistake. Ghostface is in there. Randy gets knifed. Oh. Dewey comes we running got scared up. scared for a minute. Yeah. There. Dewey comes running back to help. He gets a knife in the back. And then Gail comes running. And then she gets knocked out. They're out for the count, these people. Right. They're all knocked out. Next scene. Billy. Billy is coming down the stairs pretending he's been stabbed. You immediately realize... That this is all BS. I think that's when... I didn't immediately no, realize this. I think there, his Mm-mm. face... He, look, he looked like he was acting. 
as, as opposed to acting in the you're, movie. So you're telling me the first time you saw this, you you thought he was bullshitting at that point? I didn't. Okay. I don't know. But mm. all right. All right. It's because I knew. Fine. Because you know now. I know. But I, I keep feeling like you could tell that he was acting at that point. Well, I couldn't tell because you're also pumped on anxiety from everything that's going on. Well, that's true. So he he comes down the stairs, but eventually when he gets down, that's when he reveals himself. Yeah, because there's he'll, nothing wrong with him. He licks like his finger or something right. and says, Oh, this is corn, corn syrup, syrup, like in the movies. Like in and the- that's when we're all like, What? Right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and this is the the big reveal. And it's like, I knew it. I knew it was you. But the biggest twist was the fact that it was also Stu. Right. That it was both of them. They're in the kitchen, and this is when the shit hits the fan, and Sydney realizes, because <laughs> now she knows, that they are both the killers. And both highly insane. I think Stu is definitely the more <laughs> unhinged of the two. He really seemed psychotic to me. Who? Stu. Stu. More than Billy. I'm not saying, I mean, they're both fucked up. Right. But I feel like Stu, maybe because of his behavior, the way he's all like, (laughs) all giggly, but no. I think that Stu had some kind of, on some level, some problem. Because Billy was able to persuade him to play this little game with him. And also persuade each other to stab each other? Right. No, no, no. That was to try to frame the poor dad now. Right. We also find out big reveal that they've had the dad all along right all like tied up and with and And beat up and and all this stuff and billy stabs stew just to prove like oh we were in a struggle or whatever crazy idea they. but he stabbed him too hard from what we can tell yeah stew's like oh i think you went too deep you went too deep and now he's got blood coming out of his mouth but this guy isn't even pissed i'd be really pissed I mean, I would be too, I guess. But he seemed like, oh, you you stabbed me in the, a little bit too hard. Ooh. A little too hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Looks like Billy has no remorse for you either, buddy. Yeah. So what we find out is that all of this is because Billy has been holding a grudge. Sid's mom and his dad were having an affair. Billy's dad found out and his mom split. And then Billy... And Stu are the ones who killed Sydney's mom and framed Cotton. That's elaborate for what? We don't really know how old they are. If they're in high school, we're ranging from 15 to 18. This is very malicious. Yes. And psychotic. I'm going to say more psychotic than anything else. Yeah. Um, But Billy is the worst one. But Stu mentions that he watched all these horror movies and learned how he can get away with murder. How they can get away with murder. So, I stand by my comment that Stu is probably a little worse. You think worse than Billy? Well, I guess he Honestly, doesn't, really, they're both have, on he doesn't par. really have a real reason, quote unquote real. I get, right, because Billy, in his mind, is getting justice. Granted, I don't know why you have to kill all these other people. Right, exactly. <laughs> Why not just go for Sydney? I guess. But Stu has no motive. He's just like, yeah, man. I don't know. If if a friend of mine came up, came up to me and said, 
hey, you want to kill somebody together? I'd be like, listen, I'm calling the police. Well, maybe part of the deal was, yeah, let's do it. But I'm really tired of this chick, Tatum. If you kill her, <laughs> then we're good, dude. But why did they kill Casey and her boyfriend? That's what I'm saying. This is mindless. They're sick fucks. They're that's not well. It. <laughs> I mean, that's They're not all there well. is to it. Oh my God. It's crazy. And this part of the movie, there's so much going on. There's a lot of chaos going on. It's hard to keep track of what is going on constantly because it really happens fast. It does. Because I think at this point, Gail um, gets, tries, up. gets up and, tr- and shoots Billy and he or hits him or whatever it was and he's unconscious. And that's well, when... unconscious. Yeah. And that's when Stu chases Sydney down. Yep. And he tries to kill her. And then he says to her, I always had a thing for you. Ew. <laughs> so she bites his hand. And and then he hits him with a vase and then drops a TV. The TV that was playing what? Halloween. Halloween on Carrier his Carrier horror movies <laughs> on your death. And this electrocutes him and kills him, I would think. Yeah. Lots of chaos. A lot of chaos. Then, here's the rule that was also broken. They didn't shoot Billy dead. Right. They didn't check. Because they went up to him and Randy regained consciousness. We have to revise this. Randy got shot. Shot. He got shot. He did not get stabbed. Right. Thank God he lived. Yes. But he mentions, oh, they always wake up. They always (laughs) get up. (laughs) And he was right on. And he was right on. Because Billy did the, oh. I'm alive. And then Sydney shoots him in the, in the head. head. And dead he is. I will say, I think Sydney was a pretty good protagonist. Mm-hmm. She she was tough. She put up a good fight. So, so did Tatum, Gail, even as annoying as she was. Right. These girls were actually the opposite of what the girls usually are in horror movies. Casey was the only one that was a little bit typical of horror movie. And I think that was done intentionally. Of course it is. Now, really thinking about this movie, it was all intentional. and It's a satire on the slasher movie with a really good psychotic twist. (laughs) I mean, Michael Myers is psychotic too. Jason, Jason sucks. All right. Anyway, we're we're overanalyzing. <laughs> you don't like slasher movies. Let's let's make that clear, though. You're not a fan of the slasher. movies. They're all movie. right. I mean, they're they're right. Sydney's a little right. They usually are the same. The same. This one wasn't though. No, it had a good. It did. Have it a is good. good. Twist. It, it is. is. In the end, when we did finish watching it, I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Like you said, um, when we first started the recording today. I wasn't sure if I really enjoyed it, but then I started thinking about it. And when I when that happens to me, I, it usually is a sign that the movie stayed playing right. in the back of my head. And what I kept thinking about the most is like, how fucked up are these two kids? So I'm telling you, they're they're in the 15 to 18 range, probably older because, I mean, they look older. But yeah, they but could in, have been in the juniors. Movie, they're not. They could have been seniors They could have been whatever. juniors yeah. and that's 17 years old and you're thinking about this. Yes. That's not good. <laughs> and and they plotted it. Yeah. This had happened a year before with Sydney's mom. Right. Look at how much time went by. And why did they wait so this? long? The anniversary of her death. They wanted to make it dramatic? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a movie. I think in their head they were playing a movie out too. That's true. Or at least Stu was. Well, yeah, and then they, they said it at the beginning with Casey, do you want to play a little, a little game. game? Yeah. And, you know, even the whole thing of let's set up Sydney's father. Yeah. And then 
stab each other. So it looks like we were, you know, fighting. And of course, I guess their ultimate thing was to also kill Sydney, So there would be no witnesses and they would get away with it. Yeah. And they could have. They could have. But they were too psychotic. They, were too they got in over their head there. Yeah, they, they lost control of it. and Well, they didn't expect all these other people to be fighting back. To fight back, yeah. They, so, they actually huh. thought they were going to follow the typical um, horror, movie. horror slasher movie of screaming like a maniac and going in the wrong direction or whatever. Although they did a couple of times. But either way. But bravo. Good job. Sydney yeah. deserved to live. She she deserved it. She, she, <laughs> she won her, her life. She in this did. movie. She did. We'll be back after this quick break. Let's talk about sound. Something I enjoyed that I noticed in this time that I watched it was, one, um, Don't Fear the Reaper. Right. Which you was did. like what you called it, what, the lounge, lounge version yeah. of the song. Yep. And then... They played this song twice, which is not really that well known, but the minute I hear it, it takes me back to the X-Files day, which was Red Right Hand, which is by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I love that song. I know. And they played it twice, and it was just perfectly played at the right time in the movie. So for me, I like that. I thought that was good. I mentioned it when we were talking about the movie. There was good tension music. Yes. That builds it. There was a scene when Sydney first gets attacked where you think the, the killer is going to be behind the door and he isn't. It's because of the music. It plays it up mm -hmm. really well. So the track, the score, also gave good... Atmosphere. Atmosphere. Best scene. All right. I think the opening scene is a classic. It's still really good. It's different. Impactful. Scary. Anxiety. Gruesome. It's just good. And you know what? It's it's my favorite scene, too. You too? Yeah. I, I kept thinking about it. And the one thing that I will, like, if if Scream is on, on one of the whatever channels, mm -hmm. and it's just starting, I will watch the beginning of the movie. Not the rest of it, but I've watched the beginning of the movie, that whole Drew Barrymore part, Casey, Every time it's on, that I catch it. If I catch it at that point, I'll sit and watch it because I find it to be really good. It builds with the innocent, quote-unquote, phone call. And then you see this twisted fucker on the other end of the line. Yeah. It starts to escalate, escalate, and you see her realizing, oh, shit, this is not good. Yeah. And when she realizes that she can be seen, that he is watching her. <laughs> My favorite thing. Your favorite thing. That's when it just, it's like nonstop. And and then, of course, yeah, you find out that Drew is not the main character. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was great. I, I love that scene. And I think a lot of people love the opening scene to Scream. It's good. It and is. It's a different way to start a slasher movie. It shows how demented this person, because you, you assume it's only one person initially, right. really is. Yeah. If it's I had good. to pick a second favorite scene... Now that we were talking about it, it's where Stu gets it. I think that was awesome. The TV? Yes. <laughs> with the vase and the TV, and he gets electrocuted by the TV while it was playing a horror movie. He deserved he, it. He deserved it. He got his karma. <laughs> so. <laughs> a good a good runner-up. Yeah. Best character for me, Drew Barrymore, or Casey, because I just love Drew, and 
I don't know. I just, I love her. She's awesome. Um, there's a show that she did, or I don't even know if it's coming back on Netflix. And if no one's seen, if you haven't seen it, Santa Clarita Diet, I know you haven't, but she is great in that show. And it just, it just shows the, the variety or her ability to act for different, different types of, um, genres, genres. So I loved her and I loved how it just opened with her. I love Drew. She's, she looks like a down to earth celebrity. Yeah. You could, she could sit with us right now. Yeah. I think it would be fun and talk and she'd be down to earth. None of this frou-frou LA stuff. Drew, you want to come talk to us about Scream? Yes, Drew. Come on. Hit us up. Or Santa Clarita Diet. I'd love to talk to you about that one. Anything. The Wedding Singer. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot (laughs) about that one. That was good too. So what about you? Randy is my favorite. I know he's not really in it, but he just personifies what we think about horror movies. He's just so genius. Mm-hmm. And he survived because he applied rules. He did. Except when he didn't know somebody was standing behind him, but we'll give him what we said. He was probably drunk and very into... Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis. But if he was drunk, then he broke the rule. That's right. But hey, I I like Randy. I thought he was the... He was funny. He would be my second, I think. Yeah. And otherwise, just because, honestly, I didn't really like anybody else. <laughs> Kind of like other movies that we watched. I'm like, I don't really like anybody. <laughs> you so, mean like in the Blair Witch? We what? like anybody in the movie? We like the witch. The witch. <laughs> so that's my favorite character. Oh my God. I think we both agree on our least likable character. Drum roll, please. Billy. Billy. Ugh, he's such a sleaze. <laughs> I literally wrote that. He is a sleaze. The poor, the poor guy, the actor himself, I feel bad for him, but really, the character that he played was just... But that's the point. I know. He did a good job yeah, he at did playing, do a good job. It's you know, like, the sleazy wow. boyfriend telling you you should get over your dead mom. <laughs> I know. Fuck you. That was pretty intense at that point. I knew that that set you off like no tomorrow. <laughs> like, how could you say that? You're such a bad boyfriend. <laughs> and she's like, okay with it. I, I, well, that was the part that she was like, she it. was like, yeah. Like, no, no, not yet. And even that, okay, she initially got a little upset, but you still accepted it because you had sex with the guy. I know. So you definitely accepted it. You were okay with it. Enough to Mm. go all the way. But I think he, I think he did a good job at playing this bad guy. I think him and, well, Stu even more, because I, like I said, he he was really elevated man. That guy was out there. He did. They both did really good. (laughs) Okay, so does it hold up? So this is what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. When we finished it, I was a little let down and I said it. I was like, "Eh." yeah, me too. But it played in my head like it did back then. I really liked it because it was innovative. It reinvented the Mm -hmm. slasher like it is known for. I understand now why the score is high. Right. It doesn't hold up because it's from the 90s. But that almost gives you that charm to it. Like you're like, oh my God, people dress like we... The technology, but (laughs) those are, it's small things, but Mm -hmm. the storyline, I think, holds up. It does. I think if they remade it today, it could be even better. Because it it could be, if they remade it. it And made it serious. It would, correct. It would be a serious movie versus this where it's a satire. It's a satire. Along the lines of a Halloween type movie. Right. 
that would, you know, like when they remade the Halloween, it's still, yeah. even though the original is still very serious, there's no comedy in that movie. No. At all, that I could right. remember anyway. But I think that if they remade it, it would be really cool. They could, and obviously they can integrate now computers, cell phones. Everything. You know, a bigger... They could go crazy with this. But I did tell you the other day that I read, I think I sent you the article, I'm not sure. Maybe I texted it to you. I, I have no idea how I got that information to you. I lose track. Which media you used? Yes, I don't know what I used. Um, and it was about the upcoming remake um, uh, for 2021 I, or 22. I don't remember. You I did send me something I like did that. Send, you didn't read it, did you? No. No. I didn't get to. <laughs> I didn't get to. This happens all the time. With you. I send you stuff. Did you read it? No. Call me out on it. I, I, I'm i doing it now. <laughs> so anyway, there is a remake of some kind. I think they got Nev Campbell on board. Nice. Um, everybody else is coming back. Courtney Cox, I believe, and also David Arquette. I guess they're friends still. Oh, yeah. Remember, they so. were married mm-hmm. and then they got divorced. So yeah, um, that should be interesting to see. If it is a remake, that would be awesome to yeah. see how they can make it modern. Right. That would for be interesting. 2022, I guess. Now, let's hope we can see it in the theater. Oh, my God. That would, that would be, be so, so nice. good. Yeah. Hopefully. Just to, just to see it in the theater would Crossing be awesome. Crossing our fingers. Let's cross them. All right. Um, do you want to go on to the rules? The rules. All right. Our seven rules on how to survive a horror movie, as Randy would have said. I think he would appreciate this section. I think he would. I think he would agree. He would add his, which right. I would be fine with. Yes. And he would agree. I, I think he would, 100%. So, you want to start off? Rule number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs in the basement or the attic. Number five, why are you going in there if it says don't enter or danger? Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board. Absolutely no. What rules were broken? A few here. Sydney actually said, who's there? I love it. <laughs> Literally, who's there? I love it. Oh, it's me, the boogeyman. <laughs> she ran upstairs instead she of running upstairs. out of the house. She did it twice, actually. Twice, exactly. She did it when she first got attacked and then... <laughs> and then the second time. Well, she ran back into right. the house. yeah. They didn't make sure the bad guy is dead. Right. They split up at some point, didn't they? I mean, technically, Tatum went right. on her own, so she split up. Mm-hmm. Eh. Gail and Kenny split up, kind yeah. of. So you can... That one is a little tricky here. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely didn't make sure the bad guy was dead. But boy, did he get it anyway. He sure did. <laughs> that was the right way to kill him. I think so. Those were the rules broken in Scream. And now, Scream Award. And that is how many times Erica screams during a movie. I probably screamed, no pun intended, more the first time I saw it. I, I say this a lot because it's it's the way it is in a horror movie. But since I hadn't seen it in a long time, I thought I would jump more. The only time I really jumped was at the beginning when Casey was running around and trying mm-hmm. to get out of the house. And she That's looked right, at the did. window and he popped up. In front of the window, that was the only time I really jumped. Mm-hmm. Every other time, I mean, I, I just didn't jump. Right. and uh, so, so I gave it a one out of five. And I'm giving it the same because I do remember you doing that and nothing more. You weren't even in the corner like... Mm, no. Nothing. I guess 
at the end, you do subconsciously remember the movie. Because, I again, we haven't seen this in years. Gosh, I don't even remember when I last saw it. I mean, except Me for either. when I see that opening scene, but right. the entire movie? But I don't wow. remember specifics or jump scares, but I guess in this case, it just didn't get to me no <laughs> like other movies <laughs> and that's okay we enjoy i enjoyed it anyway i did I, I really did now thinking about it like we've said it is a good movie it is it's entertaining at the most oh it's very entertaining <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for episode six scream visit our website at horrorcafepodcast.com and if you're in the mood send us a message check out our contact page Send us an email. We love getting emails from you guys. Or check us out on Facebook with the same name, Horror Cafe Podcast. Or you can also check us out on Instagram with our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. We would love for you to follow, like, subscribe, comment. Definitely comment. I love reading comments from people. We really do. Any support or feedback, we love it. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.